This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And how are we going to do that? Well, let's talk some NFL draft is coming up at the end of the month right here in Las Vegas, April 28th through the 30th. And joining us on the phone lines is my guy. We go way back like the Commodores, man. It's Matt Miller, NFL Draft Analyst for ESPN. You can find him on Twitter at NFL Draft Scout. And Matt, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. And it's draft time, man. What, when does Matt Miller start locking in, really, and starting to get these mock drafts going? And, and, and how exciting is this time of year for you? Oh, man, I'm, I'm locked in from uh, the end of May, right? Like I, <laughs> so we're sitting here talking last night. My son went to bed a little early, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and watch some quarterback for 2023 film. So it's an addiction, and there probably needs to be a support group for all of us. But <laughs> it's it's really year-round, and like I'm super fortunate. You know, The people at ESPN agree that it's a year-round sport these days. So we're always locked in. You know, um, Unfortunately for Raider fans, you guys only have five picks right now. Right, uh, so right. not, a, not a whole lot to talk about as far as the draft goes, but – I want to give you guys some comfort on night one and two of the draft. Go ahead and keep it on, but on your phone, pull up some Devontae Adams highlights and you'll be just fine. Right. Like exactly. watch ESPN, but have those <laughs> Devontae highlights on your phone and everything will be just fine. Right. And you're, you're absolutely right about that. I've said that multiple times. Like, hey, when that number 22 pick goes up, just realize Devontae Adams is playing for you in this upcoming season and you'll be okay. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Matt. I mean, since we're talking about Devontae Adams, the Raiders gave up a first round pick and a second round pick this year and then it's done. I mean, the, the, there's no more next year. We'll have to worry yeah. about this pick. How much value do you think that that, dra- that, that, uh, that trade actually was? Oh, I think it was, I actually think it was great for the Raiders because I look at it through, I know a lot of people look at it and they're like, oh my God, a first and a second in the same year. That is a lot, right? But as you said, is pick 22 going to be better than Devontae Adams? No, they're not. And even if you said, okay, I'm going to give you two chances in rounds one and round two, you got to find a receiver better than Devontae Adams. You're probably not going to be able to do that, even in a good wide receiver year. So I maybe subscribe more to that Rams philosophy of you have a team that's close. Let's plug holes with proven players instead of taking a chance on a draft pick. So I think Devontae is the best receiver in the game. You're giving him back to a quarterback who he obviously has a connection and chemistry with. So, um, it, you know, on the other side of that, too, Q, is that, like, they also filled needs. Like, you signed Chandler Jones. Right. You you get you get uh, J. Ron Brown – or J. Ron Brown, excuse me. So, like, they've, they filled needs. You trade for Rocky Sin. I think that went way under the radar, too. So I think they've done a good job of, okay, you don't have a lot of picks. You don't have a lot of capital. You didn't really need a whole lot. And I, I look at it. You know, I live just south of Kansas City. I can tell you, uh, we were all like hanging out at our favorite bar watching college basketball when that Devontae Adams trade went through. Chiefs fans were terrified. So you also (laughs) have that knowing that the Chiefs lost their best corner in Chavarius Ward, and you guys added Devontae Adams. So I, I would say advantage Las Vegas right now. No doubt. No doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Matt Miller, NFL Draft Analyst for ESPN here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So through all your, you know, all, all your studying and the way you're laying out these mock drafts, you know, what have you learned about this upcoming draft as far as uh, what, what part of the class, what positions are deep and what positions aren't so deep? 
Yeah, no, uh, not to make this a, a wide receiver interview, but the receiver class is deep. We might see a record. There might be eight receivers drafted in the first round, and wow. that speaks to the the need at the position. You know, everybody needs three of them that can play now. But also, I think it speaks to the talent in this group, you know, to have Drake London down at USC, to have, you know, two guys from Ohio State and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, to have Jamison Williams from Alabama, Traylon Burks from uh, Arkansas, and then we get into – the end of round one's fascinating because like y'all did trade out of that spot, which again, it goes back to why I think this is so smart. Every team from 15 to like 32, except for maybe the Bengals needs a receiver, you know? So right. even if y'all had sat at 22, the chances of getting one of the top four receivers in this class, like that's not happening. Even a chance to get the top five, probably not happening. So it goes back to, like, I think this trade was really smart for that reason as well. You look at what was going to be available at 22, like probably not one of the top receivers. So it is a good deep receiver class. Uh, it's deep, the edge rusher position or defensive end position, very deep. I mean, we could see the top three picks might be defensive ends right. the way it stands right now. So I, I think that's a, a good group as well, where we're going to see uh, maybe six or seven defensive ends go in the first round. So it's going to be dominated by receivers and pass rushers. Now there's been a lot of conversation that GM Dave Ziegler and the new front office, they might want to move back into first round or the second round uh, in this year's draft somehow, some way. There's been conversations around Darren Waller. I'm in no means trying to trade him off and get rid of him. He's a fantastic talent. But if he was yeah. the trade piece, if he was the trade chip, what do you think that the Raiders realistically could get for Darren Waller? Oh my gosh. I mean, you're, I think at least a first round pick is okay. you know, where the conversation starts, um, which I, again, I would not do. Um, right. You know, I do. He's a little bit older than people realize. I think he turns 30 in September. So yep. he is, uh, you know, but also there hasn't been a lot of wear and tear for him. So it, it's kind of a mixed bag there, but I mean, I would, I would think the conversation starts there. You know, what he's done the last three years uh, has been fantastic. Um, so I would be shocked if they traded him, but after honestly hadn't heard that before. But once you mentioned it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like he is, he is a little older than I thought he is coming off an injury shortened season, but I think he's a building block for your team and, and tight ends like him are very hard to find, you know, and sometimes you get lucky and a, a player ends up, you know, being available like him. And I think you try to hold on to him as long as you can. And, you know, players are, are playing longer than ever before. And for him, you know, he's, he's really only played three years. Right. So I, I think that'll you know, be something to watch how he bounces back and recovers. And, and he might be a guy that at 33, he's fresh instead of starting to break down at 30. Yeah, no, that's a good point. You're bringing it up again, talking right now with Matt Miller here on Unnecessary Roughness. So the Raiders, if they stay pat, they pick it number 86. That's round three. If you're a team in a front office that doesn't have a pick till round three, how do you kind of navigate through the waters of the draft? What do you think the approach is? Well, I think you got to stay checked in, you know, first and foremost, you're probably spending a lot of the week headed up to the draft to talk to teams around too, of like, Hey, you know, what, what potential is there? Because, you know, the draft's going to end somewhat early local time on Thursday night. Right. I'll be very excited for that aspect of it, but you <laughs> right. know, there's, there's not a lot of time between when round one ends and round two begins. There's a lot of work to get done. So you want to lay the framework for some of the trade talks that might happen of, Hey, like we might be interested in coming up in, into round two, if that's a possibility, you know, otherwise you're just, I think for the Raiders, you have to have a lot of good intel because every team is doing their own mock drafts to say who might be available for us. That's harder to do when your first pick is at 86. So I think you got to try to stay plugged in, connected, you know, around the league and, and probably hone in on some positions like, okay, we want to make sure we get a linebacker, you know, and, and so you want to watch and see how that board falls to some degree. But I think the, the, the comfort is that, you know, Dave Ziegler and Joshua Daniels have done this. They've done it at a very high level before. And they've also done it for teams that have gone through periods where they didn't have a ton of draft capital. I mean, 
It wasn't that long ago that the Patriots had four picks in an entire draft and they were able to find value. So I, I think that we've seen them do this before and, and, you know, maybe they do find a way to, to either move players or picks to get up a little bit higher, but looking ahead, I would not want to get rid of any of next year's picks because next year looks like a very, very good draft class. You know, they, uh, they brought in Patrick Graham to be the defensive coordinator. And one of the keys to his defense and everything, all the research I've done is he needs some real deal defensive backs, some real deal corners. And I feel like this class is pretty good with the corners. Uh, there's a couple I wanted to ask you about from the great state of Texas, Tariq Woolen from UTSA and then Zion McCollum from Sam Houston state. What are your thoughts on those guys? And do you think that they could be around a little bit later, uh, in the draft, maybe even in, in, in a round three? Uh, yes, I do think they could be. I mean, you like speed if you're going with these two guys. Uh, Tariq Woolen, fantastic athlete. Um, had the opportunity to see him in person a couple times this year. Um, you know, to run a 4-2-6 at 6-4 is <laughs> rare. Like yeah. that, that doesn't happen. Um, and But also, you know, to jump out of the Lucas Oil, basically, you know, with a 42-inch vert. So he's just an elite-level fantastic athlete. Like that's the type of player that you want um, to be – you know, almost a little bit raw in terms of coverage mechanic, but I, I think the athleticism is, is through the roof good. So in, in some of the, at that size, you could probably move him around a little bit. So he's fantastic player. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I, I know a lot of teams are big fans of him, and they're kind of hoping the same thing, like, hey, could this guy slip through the cracks? But you mentioned Zion McCollum, who another dude who a fantastic athleticism, you know, 4-3-3 coming out of Sam Houston, uh, also had an elite three-cone, elite short shuttle, project, like everything, like just checks the boxes is one of the most all-around athletic players in the entire draft class. So if you're waiting until, you know, round three and you're looking at ways to continue to add to that secondary, I think either of those guys would be great values, especially with I'm a big Trayvon Mullen fan. I'm a big Rocky Sin fan, but just trying to fill out the rest of that secondary. I thought Nate Hobbs played really well last yeah. year, but trying to round it out, I think with, especially with Tariq Woolen, you know, there's going to be some conversation about, you know, could he play safety? Does he play outside corner? You you have a you know a little bit like Legarius Sneed in Kansas City where you can kind of move him around depending on what you're looking at each week. I like it. I really do, and I think that that's going to be uh, something that's going to be a priority coming up in the draft. Of course, they're going to stick with the best player available approach, I'm sure, but I think that those guys are two that uh, they should be at least paying attention to. Now, finally, I wanted to ask you about offensive linemen, and last year the Raiders went and got Alex Leatherwood at 17 to be the right tackle, but they ended up kicking him aside the guard. It sounds like the new regime is going to give him a chance to compete at right tackle. Do you think that's a good idea, or do you think that right guard is better for him? I like him at right tackle. You know, I thought he – obviously at Alabama, we saw him play everywhere. But right. I think the key is just letting him stay at one spot and get comfortable. You know, it's it's hard enough going from a super long college season to the pre-draft process. And then especially last year with, you know, COVID protocols, you guys were just kind of getting thrown into the mix to some degree. So I think it's important to just let Alex settle down at one spot and learn and acclimate. I like him at right tackle. I think he's he's more valuable there. But you also do have that knowledge of, okay, if it – if it doesn't work, we like him at right guard. You know, we're comfortable with him at that position so that you can bump him down inside or if you see a, a deficiency. But, you know, this offense is, is also going to change this year under Josh McDaniels, right. under Mick Lombardi. So I, I think, you know, where a player can struggle in one scheme, you move to another and it can be night and day. It could be very different for you. So I'm I'm anxious to see how he his new offense. I think it'll be good for him uh, with his you know, his skill set, and, and I know Mick a little bit, I, I think it'll be a, a good match between those two. Well, it, with that being said, the offensive line group in this in this draft, pretty deep. You know, do you see some quality guys there available in round three if they need to go get a guy? Yeah, I, it is deep. I think, you know, there's a drop-off at tackle, but I think on the interior, there's a lot of value. You know, players like Cole Strange from UT Chattanooga, 
who had a really good senior bowl process. He could be there in round two. Darian Kennard from Kentucky could be there as a, a guard or tackle prospect. Uh, and even same with Abe Lucas from Washington State, who I think profiles as a, a pretty good uh, right tackle if need be. So there is, you know, that possibility at the middle of round three that you could get, I think, a, a pretty good offensive lineman. There you go right there. He is Matt Miller, NFL Draft Analyst for ESPN on Twitter at NFL Draft Scout. Uh, I know you got Mac, mock drafts coming out all the time. When's the next one dropping? And and how quickly are you excited to get to Las Vegas? <laughs> I'm very excited to get to Las Vegas. Can't wait for that. Uh, next mock draft, we're doing team-by-team mock drafts right now um, with teams that have multiple first-round picks. Unfortunately, not the Raiders. But right. I'll tell you, Tuesday of draft week, I'll have a full seven-round mock coming out on ESPN Plus that people can check out. There it is. Well, hey, great stuff. Keep up the great work, man. I, I love to see your success. It's been uh, a long grind for you, and you're doing a great job. So keep it up, man. I do appreciate you, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, man. There he goes. That's my guy, Matt Miller, NFL Draft Analyst for ESPN. Been knowing Matt for a very, very long time. Going all the way back to Bleacher Report. When he really first got started, I was at ESPN Central Texas, and he really got the grind started then, and he's just been doing a great job running to him at Radio Row all the time. And this NFL Draft thing is is just blowing up. It really, really is. So many thanks to Matt for joining us there in the segment. Uh, hit us up, Raider Nation. Let us know your thoughts on what Matt had to say or anything else. 702-365-9200 or the Salmon Ash text line. 69187 keyword RNR. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. The 3 o'clock hour of Unnecessary Roughness is brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Nova Home Loans' core values are the best combination of service, rates, and fees. Call 702-216-3975 today to talk to your local Nova Loan officer to lock in at these record low interest rates before they go up. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the just the jersey or just the just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. That's all the guests that we have. Many thanks to Matt Miller from ESPN. Join us in the last segment. Talk all things NFL draft. We have a lot more draft talk between now and April 28th when the draft gets started. Please believe that. Again, excited the fact that it's going to be right here in Las Vegas. If you get a chance, make sure you go and check it out. One way or the other, check it out. If you're anywhere around the city, near the city, you can get here, do it. Do yourself a favor. If you've never been to a draft, go and check it out. Lots of fun. You will be entertained. So plenty more conversation where that came from. Again, many thanks to Matt Miller for joining us in the last segment. Had a couple of questions that I uh, had thrown out there at the beginning of the show. Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R, and also the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. The first one, since it's opening day in baseball, I'm watching baseball on the TV in front of me here at the home studio. Also, I was watching the Masters earlier. What is your favorite opening day? Is it NFL? Is it M- MLB? NBA? Is it at the beginning of the NCAA tournament? You know, the beginning of the Masters? You know, there's, there's, one, there's one day, opening day, that's great. And I know someone's probably going to roll their eyes when I say it. Little League, opening Little League is, is fun. When they, have, when they open up Little League Baseball, and I only played Little League Baseball for a couple years, but the opening day of Little League Baseball is a lot. Of, it's a ton of fun. If you see all the families go out there and the kids out there having a good time, you see the, they have the little makeshift carnival going on, that's a ton of fun. And at that point in the season, 
Every team thinks they're going to be good. <laughs> Every team thinks they're going to be good. We sure thought we were going to be good. My team, the Reds, we thought we were going to be good. And, man, we were good until we weren't, which wasn't that long. <laughs> we, we were terrible, but it's okay. I mean, at the opening day, everyone thinks they're going to be good, right? <laughs> oh, we practice hard, and then you see that, oh, we're not really that good. The coach's son really isn't that good. And you don't know how good the other team is either, right. so you probably think we got to win today. Exactly. Oh, this is a dub. I know that guy from school. This is a dub. Oh, I know that guy. And then you realize that the guys on your team really aren't as good as you thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that, that's one that you could throw out there. I like how we had the call earlier about the Olympics. I thought that that was fantastic. I, didn't, I hadn't thought about that one, the opening of the Olympics. That, that is something that some people make sure that they don't miss. You know, that's one of those events that, hey, if there's anything I see, it's going to be the opening of the Olympics. So that was a great that was a great call that we got earlier. So definitely want to hear from you at 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. We're wide open like some old school TV antennas. We don't have any more guests the rest of the show, so it's all about you. You can hit us up at any point. Like I said, you can call us or text us. That's one of the topics that we have. And then the other one is more Raider-specific where I want to ask, what's a later-round pick, a young guy, not one that's a star yet because you think of a later-round pick, you think of Max Crosby. He's a star. Just got a contract extension. Hunter Renfro's a star. He's going to get a contract extension sooner rather than later. But other guys, other later-round picks that you are excited about, who is it and why? That's what I want to know as well. That's the Raider-specific question. Younger, later-round picks that you're excited about. I threw out one earlier, Devon Diablo. We heard about Tyree Gillespie. Uh, DeMond threw out Malcolm Kuntz. That's a good one. Anyone that you can think of, let us know. A little later-round pick. Definitely want to hear from you. Again, 707, 702, excuse me, 654-4693. Four, four, no, that's the wrong phone number. Which number? Yeah. That might be the ESPN <laughs> national number. No, no, that's, that's the other number. 702-365-9200. Man, I got too many phone numbers in my mind. I'm about to give out your number on the air. No, nah, that, that didn't sound like that was close to mine either. Please don't I do know. that. Oh, I man, know. funny story. Yeah. So yesterday, the little video that I posted with Kayla and I on yeah. Twitter, you know, it was a video from her IG. Right. So some people did their detective work <laughs> and followed her on IG. She was like, look, you got your fans following me now. Ah, and there you go. And someone blew her up and it was left a comment. It was like, were your parents artists? Because you're a masterpiece. And I was like, how do no you know he way. found you because of me? And then no you look at his way. profile. It's like Raider, it's like Raider, you know, pictures inside of yeah. the stadium. I was like, okay, maybe he did find you because of me. That is funny. <laughs> there you go. Now you got all kind of strays headed Kayla's way. That's hilarious. I love it. Well, that's what happens. You put the video out there. I saw one one comment where they said DK Metcalf and Kayla, because you had your your hair was uh dyed at the time in that video. So someone called you DK Metcalf. Hey, that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, you're you're I not mean, as you're not as tall. Image. You're not as tall. I see as DK how someone could make that mistake. Actually, hey man, you're not even as tall as DK Metcalf's leg. Yeah, I mean, two ripped, two ripped young brothers. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. I see how you can make that mistake. I don't. I don't. Obviously, nobody's ever seen you in person. Whoever said <laughs> that you were DK Metcalf has not seen you. You might have been uh, DK's calf, not Metcalf though. Not at all. No, I'm just like that that picture with like him and AJ Brown where it's just, you know, ah oh man, these like that's that's me too. Right. Sounds good. They should have put they should also put me in there. Man, you know, they just crop been, me in. They would yeah, they could crop you in. You could they could put you on his shoulders. You look like the little child, you know, little little baby at the carnival. 
Nah, QC, you doing all this talking. When we get this basketball game going, uh, you don't want you that. Know, it's going, you don't it's, want that. It's gonna you don't be, want that. You're going to be humbled. We oh, gotta, not, no, we not, not by this in. game. Not by this game. Not by this game, brother. I will not be humbled about anything when it comes to this game. There's no chance. We got a text from Big Deuce. Demond is, is like the little brother always getting picked on. But Q's, teams, but Q's teams are very uneven and at least spot him a few points. He picked a soccer player, shaking my head. Hashtag Team Q. There you go. I, I'm not even going to spot him any points. I mean, he should have known better. You, I you gave don't the, need to spot me any points. I gave you the first pick, and you still decided to go with, with the soccer player. Man, I ain't never seen Adam play ball. He just saying that because he got some size. What is he really That's all do? that we need. Who cares? He might you be, don't you have – okay, you don't have any size. Big for nothing, man. And you have a soccer player, and you have Jared. Jared going to put that elbow in his back and let Jared's him Jared's not going to do anything. Jared will tell the only you know who will okay look Ari and Jared they will they will uh they will cross each other out you know they'll cancel each other out neither one of them are worth the salt Ari is probably worse than Jared I've seen Ari throw a ball and it went right to the ground like he <laughs> threw it and he went immediately to the ground like he does not have an athletic bone in his body at all I still took him because I know between Hill and Cofield those two guys will body you and Jared up so and oh, and, and Bischoff. Bischoff weighs about 25 pounds. Just keep him on the perimeter. Yeah, he's going to have to. Well, okay, he's on the perimeter. Who's he going to guard? Who, who else you got? You pick somebody. <laughs> you got Cofield. He'll guard Cofield. That's what I'm saying. I got Cofield. I have Hill. I have me. I have Ari. And I have Sam Gordon, of all people. No, so, okay, so here's what we're going to do. What are we going to do? I'll put McMillan on you. Okay. Because I'm not worried about you. I'll take Gordon. That's fine. I'll take Sam Gordon. Okay. Good, good, good luck with that. Okay, yeah, <laughs> good luck with that. Come on, Dan, don't do this now. Okay, I like Sam. Don't, I don't want to have to bury him. <laughs> Sam is almost is at least six foot tall, and and he's a, he's as is built as you are, and that I'll give you credit. You are strong, but Sam Gordon is as well, and he's got height on you. There's no way you're putting you know, an elbow in his back, and it matters. It I doesn't g- I matter. G- I give you a couple of forearm shivers. There, going down. It, it doesn't matter. Sam Gordon is not worried about you. I just all I'm gonna do. Me and McMillan are gonna sit on that on the perimeter, and we're just gonna talk trash back and forth to each other. We'll cancel each other out. We're good. Adam Hill and Cofield are really gonna end up dominating the game, and Gordon's gonna have fun with you. That'll be the case right there. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Do you want to get into this Libby Shaft sound? I do actually. You know what? I do because you tried to start the show and you tried to get me fired up about this. Earlier today, the tweet came out, and I think she might have said this on Bay Area TV maybe yesterday or so. I'm not too sure exactly what day it was, but Casey Pratt from ABC7 in the Bay Area tweeted out a 22-second video of Mayor Libby Schaffin, and she is the mayor of Oakland, and she's also part of the reason. And, look, there's two sides to each story, so I don't want to get on the political side of it, but she's part of the reason why the Raiders are here in Las Vegas and not there in Oakland. There just wasn't going to be, um, you know, a middle, a sweet spot to say that they were going to come to come to agreement. So she chose the A's, and that's fine. And the Raiders are here in Las Vegas, and, well, that's all good. And now we see that the A's are at least leveraging at the best. They're leveraging Las Vegas to try to get a stadium done in Oakland. So I saw a video, and, again, it's only 22 seconds long. I don't care what Libby Schaff has to say, except for the point where she decides in this video to really like, try to low-key dog the city of Las Vegas and talk about it and basically call it a garbage city. 
That's what set me off. So here's Libby Schaff. It's all about 22 seconds, her talking about getting a stadium done and then the low-key shot that she tries to fire at Las Vegas. It's going to be more complicated, and you've got to be much more environmentally focused when you are developing on the precious California coastline than in the gross desert of Las Vegas. So, yes, it's more complicated, and it's totally worth it. <laughs> I saw right. that shade. Uh -huh. It was slipped in there real mm -hmm. quick. But okay, we got it. We got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there they go. <laughs> they got a good, bunch of good laughs there about the gross desert in Las Vegas. And look, let's make no mistake about it. Is it more difficult to get a stadium done in Oakland than it is in Las Vegas? Sure. No doubt. Their rules, their laws, their taxes, their everything is a lot more complicated to say than what it is here in, in Las Vegas. I get it. But there's absolutely no reason to come off and sound like a, a, a bitter ex, and that's how she sounded, like a bitter ex, the gross desert in Las Vegas. Look, there's some beautiful areas in Las Vegas. Are there some gross areas? Sure. But look, as a guy who loves the city of Oakland, I know that there's some gross areas in Oakland too. You know, let's not get it twisted. And I would love for them to build up Oakland and not build it up to the point where people who actually live there can't afford it. I mean, let's, let's be honest about the situation. There's some places in Oakland that are beautiful right now, but your, your average cat that actually lives there can't afford to live there. So instead of throwing shade at the other city, how about she handles her, her own house? Take care of your own business in your own house before you worry about the next person's house and, t and, and try to throw shade. But I do love what the mayor of Las Vegas did when she fired back on Twitter and said, hey, Mayor Libby Schaff is just fine. She's right about, you know, making sure everything is, is kosher. Basically, that's how I'm summarizing, you know, and, and paraphrasing. Kosher there in, in, in the city of Oakland, she, she, she can come out here and hang out here and check out some of the beautiful uh, areas that a lot of the, the, the tourists, the 42 million tourists that come here each and every year check out, and, hey, we could take in a Raider game. So I thought that was a great response. I mean, I really did. I thought that the response was fantastic from, uh, from the mayor of Las Vegas, but I just thought it was unnecessary, unnecessary from Libby Schaff. And uh, like I said, she's got way more things to worry about than – trying to throw shade at another city, you know, like, hey, take care of that city, make it fantastic, I'm all for it, but make it so people can actually afford to stay there. You know, I, I feel so bad for a lot of my friends that are still there and they're like, man, Q, <laughs> we got to have four jobs to survive here. It stinks. It's unfortunate. That was one of my dreams was before I ever got back to Las Vegas, my dream was to get back to the Bay Area. I tell you right now, I don't care how many jobs I have, I couldn't afford to live there. I couldn't. There's just no way. So, you know, and there's a reason why so many people move out. Can't afford to live there. So, I, you know, and I'm not throwing shade at the city. I get it. There's some awesome people there in Oakland that listen to our show each and every day. Shout out to ABA Ivan Davis. Shout out to my guy Ron in Oakland. I mean, there's a lot of fantastic folks. But she don't have to go there. And half the city's mad at her anyway. Again, your city. Make your people happy. Because they're not. A lot of them aren't. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, yeah, DeMond tried to get me fired up on that, that subject, like, right out the gates. Because I wanted, I wanted that rent we got there. <laughs> you got it, man. You got it. 3.33 is the time. When we'll come back, we'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. And uh, we'll hear from 
Who else do we have to hear from? Oh, we have a really good call. Before we close out the show, we have a really good call from Ryan in Missouri. He actually called my uh, podcast voicemail line, but he was talking about our conversation we had with Kayla yesterday, and he was talking about you, Damon, as an on-air personality and what he's heard from you as far as your growth. So we're going uh, to play that before the show's over as well. But we'll take your calls and text 702. 702-365-9200. I got to make sure I get my numbers right. And then Sam and text line, 69187, keyword R&R. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio, 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. I was just telling Damon in the break, where does the time go? Time flies when you're having fun, right? I know that's a saying, but that's the truth, man. We're already an hour and 40 minutes into the show. Like, we are at the tail end of the show already, and I feel like we just got started. It's incredible. Incredible. Appreciate it, Raider Nation. That's because of you. Your calls, your texts, your feedback. Of course, the great guests that we have always. But, man, the show just flies by when we're having a lot of fun. Got a text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D. As much as I love baseball and opening day, nothing compares to a Raiders' first game of the season. The tailgating, the buzz in the parking lot, the music, the barbecue smoke, and so on. After eight-plus months of waiting around, the sound of shoulder pads hitting is something to get amped up about. Raiders season opener, nothing like a Raiders tailgate. Again, that's from Sir Whiskey Ray. and I mean, that's good times. That is absolutely good times. You know, you go out there and get out in that parking lot and, Put some meat on the grill, all that good stuff. Yeah, man, that's that's a that's a lot of fun. Now the thing is, like last season, it was really exciting, right? Because it was Monday Night Football. It was the only game on for people to watch. It was the first game that there was actually fans in Allegiant Stadium. I mean, there was so much. Last year was just, it was incredible. It really was just the the electricity for the first game of the season. Now, I mean, it's a little bit different because the NFL season gets started on Thursday, and then they have the games on Sunday. And like I said last year, the opening day was for the Raiders was Monday Night Football. But I, I understand that first game that you're talking about is, is a lot of fun and a lot of anticipation because you, you assume that the team's going to be good, you're hoping the team's going to be good, and you're waiting to see what happened. And, of course, that, that Raven-Raider game did not disappoint. I mean, think about this, and I don't think we've talked about it before. The first game of the season ended in overtime, and the last game of the season ended in overtime. I don't think we've brought that up before. Have we brought that up on the show before? No, we haven't. I just realized that. That's exactly what happened. The first game and the last game, both at Allegiant Stadium, ended in overtime, both with Raider victories. It's pretty cool. That'd be a cool like little trivia question. Like, who's the only? <laughs> I don't know if they're the only team in NFL history, but who's right. the only team in NFL history to win their first game, their first and last game in overtime? Right. I mean, and that's probably – they're probably not the only team to do it, but that's pretty cool. Uh, one more text, and then we'll hit the phone lines. Raider DJ Tony from the ATX. That's uh, Austin, Texas. He said, hey, I hope both, Q and do, uh, hope both Q and D are doing well today. Q, what part of Texas did you live in? I was in Waco. I was in Waco. We were right around the corner from, uh, from Baylor. That was the, uh, the, the, the team that we covered or I covered uh, all the time, we were the flagship station. Like we're the flagship station for the Raiders here. I was the part of the flagship station for the Baylor Baylor Bears, and so uh, yeah, had a lot of a lot of good times there in uh, in Central Texas, and obviously was all over the city. Not only the city, but the whole area. You know, Temple, Colleen, Fort Hood. Shout out to all the soldiers there at Fort Hood. Always appreciate all the soldiers 
Appreciate all those uh, soldiers at, uh, at Nellis Air Force Base and all, all that good stuff. What's up, Damon? We got one more text before we go out to the phone line. Okay, go ahead. Be careful, Q. Damon could be the next Mosey Bugs in disguise from Big Deuce. Don't play me, Q. First of all, it's Muggsy Bugs. Muggsy Mosey. Who cares, man? <laughs> So you can't be the next Muggsy Bogues Muggsy if you got Mosey. his name wrong. Yo, yo, That's like saying, hey, I'm said. the next Michelle he, Jordan. You can't, if you get the name meant. wrong, if you get the name wrong, you can't be we that guy. We know what he meant. No, you didn't know what he meant, so I corrected you. You probably never even heard of Muggsy Bogues. 5'3", from, from Maryland or D.C. area. I know he's from the DMV area. Boom. Okay. I know his backstory a little bit. Played for a the Hornets. Bit. Okay. All right, sorry I'm not old, okay? I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't watching him live. <laughs> Okay, okay, that's cute. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, no, you're not the next Muggsy. I'm not worried about that at all. 702-365-9200. Let's go out talk to our guy right here in town, Raider Rod. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Stu, how's it going? How you doing? Uh, hey, I'm blessed, man. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I can't take any more of this um, this Jared slander, man. Like, as, as, a, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a man, as a man named Jared, you know what? You can sit that other punk on the bench – from the morning show, along with those other morning show hacks, you can get this Jared in the game, and we can make it happen, Q. You can get this work. <laughs> hey, great call, man. Great call. <laughs> I respect that. He wants to defend his namesake. Hey, man, hey, slow down with the Jared slander. That's fine. Well, I'll tell you this. Jared that works with us is not worth the salt. I'll tell you that. But I like, I like how you call to defend that. And, look, you got a teammate there, Damon. Maybe you can bring – you can put Jared, the one that works with us, on the bench, and you can put Jared, a.k.a. Raider Rock. Now, now maybe you got something. Might have to do that for the rest of the team, too. If there's anybody named Tyler <laughs> and Ed that are offended by Q's comments, call in. Hey, man, Ed's got a good jumper. Ed's got a good jumper. That's a good quality player. I, I know who should probably sit on the bench in this game. Tyler? No, no, no. He's on your team, though. McMillan, I picked him too. No, no, McMillan's not going to be sitting on the bench. I, I know, know one I know guy that should be. I know one guy should be on the bench. Ari? The guy, no, no, Ari's no. on my team. Yeah, so. The guy that sat the bench when he went to high school in Pahrump won DeMond Cotton. Your best work should be on the sideline. Man, I was a, I was a dog out there, man. I man, I was team captain, going out there to handshakes, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> talking to the referees before the game. I was that guy, man. I don't think Commanded you were team captain. You might have been team manager. You weren't team Commanded captain. Commanded respect in that locker room. Nobody respected you. Nobody even saw you on the court. Just saying. Let's go. Let's go out to to Wayne right here in Henderson. Wayne and Hendo, what's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Thank you, man. Um, first of all, quote of the day, Demond. sorry I'm not old. That's a Hall of Fame quote right there. It is. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, 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 first of all, native Oaklander, um, nice. Rick Jr. High, Castlemont High. Uh, nice. Here now. And, and so what I got to know is, because I, I tuned in late, is Libby, is she, is she throwing that shade talking about the A's moving here, or was it a Raider thing? No, she was throwing it because of the A's. She was talking about how much difficult, how difficult it's going to be to try to get something done because it's different when you're doing something in California than Vegas, which she's right about. She's definitely right about that. But when she said that the gross that's, that's desert a, in L in Las Vegas was unnecessary, I, see that's what I'm saying. So, like, as a guy who is from uh, you know the city where she's the mayor, 
And and you're right. There are parts of, of the East Bay as a whole that could probably be described as gross. Right. Uh, to say that about our thriving metropolis in a city that was able to make the Raiders everything that Al Davis wanted in about two years, I think she's got some nerve. If I were her, I would just, like, stop talking and start doing something to keep that team because they're about to be 0 for 4 which really breaks my heart because I, I'm an Oakland guy through and through. Yep. But we lost the Warriors. We lost the Raiders. The only team we got left is the A's. So she needs to just put the brakes on, not just tap them, but slam on those brakes <laughs> and knock it off because otherwise they're going to end up here. I, I mean, mark my words, they will come here for the same reasons that Mark brought the Raiders here. Right. Hey, great call, Wayne. Great call. I appreciate you. Shout out to Castlemont, man. Uh, you went to Castlemont. That's awesome. My my buddy Corey, he was a he was a Castlemont high guy. So shout out to shout out to the Castlemont folks. Not mad at that at all. He's Oakland through and through. Uh, one more call. Let's go to five zero two Raider D. What's on your mind, man? Welcome to the show. How we doing, gentlemen? How you? It's been, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yes, sir. Um, first of all, man. First of all, I want to say, man, it, it's it's a pleasure that I listen to you guys having the model the show because that thing with his friend yesterday. It's one of the funnest times I've had on radio over to y'all. I was in my car almost wrecked a couple of times laughing at y'all yesterday, man. But I have been about a month and a half since I caught up in the hospital. I'm diabetic. Mm. Lost half my foot. Lost, lost half my foot, man. It just was kind of down. But listening to the show every day, from the morning show to in the end, it's not at 9 o'clock Eastern time at night, has really helped me to deal with what's going on in my life. And it's been, it's been a pleasure, and it's always going to be a pleasure listening to you guys but i heard this this comment from the mayor of oakland have you ever had that girlfriend that when you first met her at the bar she had her hair makeup was looking good had on that nice mini skirt she was absolutely beautiful then you get with her get a phone number get together you move in together and after a while she starts gaining a little weight you know she starts burping and farting she never did that before and it just doesn't end up, end up working out then she goes on facebook when you guys break up and she's talking about your that you have now. Oh, well, she can look like Beyonce and Jennifer Lopez mixed together, but she would always try to find something to say, oh, she's too skinny. She's bitter. And she's bitter because she's getting ready to lose the third major franchise in that city. We didn't want to leave. If, if, if we had our way, we'd have stayed in Oakland. And I right. understand that it's a money tax. But they couldn't get it done, and that's not our fault. So right. why try to throw digs at us because you guys didn't know how to do your job? Because you couldn't make things happen. You can't keep fire stations and police places open because you guys can't, there's no revenue. You can't manage money well. Don't be mad at us because we didn't want to leave. We just had to go somewhere where we could thrive because that's what we deserve. And the A's deserve better than that. So right. if, that's her, if that's the way she wants to look at it, then so be it. It'd be another person bouncing. Y'all have right. a great day, man. It's always a pleasure to listen to you guys, man. Thanks. Hey, man, great call. We do appreciate you, 502 Raider D. Great to know that you're doing a lot better. And that's one thing I'll say about, you know, putting you in a better mood and everything with just kind of our shenanigans and having fun on the radio. If we can't have fun on the radio doing this job, then we shouldn't be doing this job. So, uh, you know, that's, that's some of the reality that I learned. And really I learned this uh, during the pandemic when, you know, everyone was a, an essential worker or not. And I, I remember saying, you know, because I went to work every day. I never missed a day during the pandemic. And I said, oh. I guess they're considering us essential workers. Oh, we're not really essential workers. And then, matter of fact, my dad told me, he's like, actually, you guys are. You know, you guys talk to people and get their minds off of things. And sometimes it's just good to tune in and hear someone, a friendly voice, and have a good time. And I realized then, like, hey, man, you know, our, our job actually goes a little farther than just 
talking sports and making sure we have this, that, and the other. Like, that's our job. But our job is also to be your friend and that person's friend. And so, you know, it's just it's, – that's the beauty of our job. I mean, it really is. And to know that we can do this on the regular, on the daily – uh, this this is fantastic, and when we hear a call like that from you, when you say that you know you went through some tough times, but being able to tune into the radio station from the morning to night and be entertained and kind of get your mind off of stuff, that's great, man. That's awesome. So that, that that's a that's a nice story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And as far as you know, the A's and, and the city of Oakland, I, I don't the, the 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 citizens of the city don't deserve what Mayor Schaff is putting them through and I know like I said there's a lot of different elements to it so I'm not just gonna put it all squarely on her there's a lot of pressure there but the fans of the A's the A's themselves the team and like I said everyone who who lives in or around the city of Oakland deserves a lot better than what they're getting and I hate that for them and so then when Mayor Schaaf comes out and says what she said today or yesterday whatever it was and you know throws a a a dig at, at Las Vegas it's like for everything you just said like hey Everyone wants to thrive, man. Everyone wants to do better. And if you can't do better there, you got to find somewhere else to do better at. And the Raiders did that. And, you know, there was a chance that the Raiders were going to end up in L.A. at one point. And you know what? They didn't get the votes that they needed to get to L.A. And guess what? It all worked out for the better. It worked out for the great. Now they're in this market here in Las Vegas. They're thriving. There's so many massive events coming here. The draft will be here in 21 days. Three weeks from today. Think about that. 21 days, the draft will be here. You have the Super Bowl coming here, not next year, but 2024. The NCAA Final Four will be here sooner rather than later. College bowl games are here already. I mean, there's so much that's going on. WrestleMania is going to be here soon. WrestleMania is going to be here. I mean, no matter what sport you're a fan of, the Golden Knights are doing fantastic things in the world of hockey. I mean, they really are. They just had their all-star uh, you know, weekend here. The Pro Bowl was here. I mean, it's just this is a thriving market. And, you know, me, I'm happy to be here, but I I was the last one that even signed up for, okay, the Raiders are going to Vegas. I was in denial. I was that guy that's, you know, nope, not going to happen, not going to happen. I mean, I could read it in front of me, and I was like, no, that's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. I didn't want that. I love the Coliseum. I love walking across the bridge. I love seeing all the, the grills fired up, you know, in the parking lot. I loved every bit of it. I did. That was like my second home. Didn't matter if it was a Warrior game, A's game, or a Raider game. I was there. I grew up there. That was, that was, I mean, that was our stomping grounds. So I, of course, hated to see the Raiders move. But just like me, I moved for the better of myself, to make myself better. I moved, and I went to Waco freaking Texas. I didn't even know that was a real thing until I got there. The only thing I knew about Waco, Texas, is that they burned folks back in the day. Come to find out it wasn't even in Waco. Oh. Shows you what I shows you what I knew, I didn't know, but I went there and everything worked out great for the better. I bettered myself by making that decision to move. I got married, I got matured, I I grew in so many different ways. The job I went for was not the job I left with. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things that worked out great. Now I'm here and I'm I'm living my dream that I didn't even know was my dream when I left to go there. So it's just like sometimes what you think is going to be in your future, what you think that your goal is, isn't necessarily what it is. And it works out in, in the better if you just, you know, you have faith, you have trust, you pray about it, you think about it, you discuss it with people that are smarter than you. And believe me, there's a lot of people smarter than me. And it works out. Well, Mark Davis and the, the front writers did the same thing. And they decided where their best decision for the team was 
and that was here in Las Vegas, and they are thriving. And now the A's, who their front office can't stand the Raiders' front office, let's make no mistake about it, they don't like each other for multiple reasons. Because we're making well, them look bad. And I, I Well, we... no. I mean, they, they have never gotten along with each other. They have never gotten along with each other, even though Mark Davis, to his credit, wanted to make things work. He wanted to make things work at the Coliseum. There was enough room there where they could have had plenty of space to have the Raiders have their own stadium and the A's have their own stadium, but they didn't want that. So at some point, it just didn't work out. So Mark said, well, I'm going to pick up my sandbox and I'm going to move it. And we're going to plant it in Las Vegas, and we're going to go from there. And it's been fantastic, a great investment, a great job that he's done and the, the organization has done to be where they are at right now. You've got to give them a lot of credit for that. And so now the A's are looking at him like, hey, man, that Las Vegas city is a pretty cool city. We might want to go there too. Now, whatever ends up happening, I believe, I'm in the firm belief that they're using Las Vegas for leverage to try to force themselves to get something done in, in Oakland. But like 502 Raider D said, the Warriors are gone. The Raiders are gone. The A's might be gone. It's just as simple as that. It's a harsh reality that they could lose every single one of their professional teams, and that stinks. But it is what it is. Everyone's got to find their way. So uh, fantastic stuff throughout the course of the show. Thank you for all the feedback, calls, texts. We definitely appreciate that. Tweets, emails, all that good stuff. Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. He's going to hold it down. Uh, so light him up, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. And the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920. I'll holler.